Testing, testing. Good to see you. Try and get my act together here. Bear with me just a minute. You know, I want to, um, as we're getting ready to begin to hear from God this morning through the word, I want to thank um, Pastor Sean and um, Jeremiah and Isaiah. You know, there are people every week that work behind the scenes to make all of this happen. And um, I know for me, when I'm sitting where you all are today, I take it for granted, right? It just happens, right? And there's just so when you put a message together and you work with folks to get it to happen, you realize, oh, wait a minute, I sent them things at the last minute, I'm asking them to make changes, I'm, I'm, I'm impacting them, and they're very gracious and just sort of doing as best they can. So thank you from um, So I have a bit of a message from God for us today, and some of this will be a little familiar because I'm not sure if you were here or not, but I preached a message maybe six, seven months ago about the contrarian wind. I don't know if you remember this, but this was, and we're going to look at this in a minute, but this is about our walk as believers and how things can ebb and flow over time and where we might find ourselves. We'll get into that more. This is a brand new, different message to us for where we are today. Um, I felt sort of like it was unfinished business at the time. I wasn't quite sure what to make of it. And then when Pastor Steve and Lori were going on vacation, he asked me if I would fill in. I realized this was what that meant, was there was something more here, and, and, and we'll dive in today. But before, I just want to bow for a word of prayer, and then we're going to dive in. So, Lord, thank you for your presence, God, here today. Thank you, Lord, that... Your will and your way in our lives is being worked out. God, I just pray that you would have complete control over this message today, God. That you would speak to hearts directly. God, you don't need me here, but you've called me to be the deliverer of this message. I just pray that you would have your way in the hearts of your people. And that you would speak to each and every one of us individually as to where we're at. As to where you want us to go from here. So we give the entire message and the rest of this service to you. We are grateful for the opportunity to gather here together. In Jesus' name, amen. So before I, before I do too much, a uh, couple of things that just occurred to me. So it's been a bit of a weird time 2022 has so far, has it not? Um, I think, you know, we wound down last year and, you know, we're looking forward to the new year. And then all of a sudden, the COVID thing didn't sort of end when we thought it was going to, and it delayed, and, you know, and that caused some angst and anxiousness. And, you know, Tom Brady retired twice. It's just been a weird year. But, you know, God is on the throne. God is in control. You all are here. I see smiling faces. So it, it's really really going to be okay. It's really going to be okay. Um, we've been, and Pastor Steve has been leading us primarily through a series on the qualities of Jesus. And the focus on Jesus's humanity, right? We, we do a lot of um, 
I think, study, and we do a lot of preaching and teaching around Jesus as God. And frankly, in some ways, I feel like we've got that down, as they say. But, you know, his humanity and how that helps us in our humanity is something that we're unpacking. It's been really interesting so far. So last week, um, Pastor Steve preached, Love Your Enemies, right? Which is quite a challenge, is it not? But we're called to do it. And Jesus is our example. This is somewhat of a part two of that message in a little different way. And Malcolm had asked me earlier, he says, Gene, so what are you preaching today? And I said, well, if I tell you even the title, you're going to get the whole thing. So I can't really tell you, but you're going to find it quickly. It's another Okay, But hold that thought. We'll get there. All right. So make sure that technology is working. Do I have to hit control, Pastor Sean? Okay. So I'm going to go back and then... Now you might have to help me out a little bit. This is the um, second slide. There it is. Good. So cool. So this is a recap of that first message that I was talking about. You know, our contrarian wind and what happens. And if At the time I was talking about, you know, we're on Cape Cod, we have a lot of wind. Hasn't changed. That's for sure. In fact, we just had this storm blow in, what, last weekend? We had four more huge tree limbs fall in our yard. I'm not sure about you, but Cape Cod's a windy place, right? And, and so to just recap and look at the left, you know, we're born again as believers, and man, we hit the wind, and we're up, and we're on fire for God, and we're sailing away. We're good to go. And then if you move over to the right hand, you know, we get on the missions trip in the boat with Jesus. We're cruising down the uh, lake. We're ministering to people, and things are really great. And then later, we hit the contrarian wind. And that contrarian wind is a spiritual come against, something that in our flesh we could not conquer had it not been getting in our boat. Right? Do you recall this message if you were here? And then things are good. Amen? Okay. Well, this is sort of the same message, but with a different message. Same scripture, different message. Mark 6, 47 to 51. And we're going to just read through it. So later that night, <clears throat> the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them, And shortly before dawn, he went out to them, walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them. But when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. And they cried out, because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately, I want to stop for just a second on that word. Aren't you glad that when Jesus enters our lives, many times, not all the time, many times things happen immediately right? When we're born again, that happened immediately. God called us. We decided to turn our lives, and we're born again. Amen? And that's an immediate thing. And a lot of times, his resolve, his answers to what we need happen immediately, and I'm grateful for that, but not always. And so hold that thought. Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. 
And here's the message for us today. I'm going to be very candid and upfront with you. Then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down. They were completely amazed. Same scripture, but a different message for us today. And what God impressed upon me is this, and we're going to spend the rest of our time this morning. This sort of a sermonette nugget here today. Um, but we're going to talk about what it means for Jesus to have climbed in the boat with them. And what are we to do with that? Right? If you think about it, everything in Scripture is meant, especially in the New Testament, especially with Jesus, as an example for his followers. Yes? Okay. So the question I ask is, all right, Lord, what are we supposed to take out of this climbing into the boat? It's really pretty straightforward, but it didn't occur to me, so maybe it didn't occur to you. I'm going to advance this. So here's the thing. What is the greatest commandment becomes the question. And we've talked about this before. I want to look at two things. So we read in Matthew 22, one of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Okay. Then, we continue, all the law and the prophets hang on these Two commandments, okay? Now we read in Galatians 5.14, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Hmm. Well, this is so curious in some ways. We heard Jesus say that there were two commandments, and in Galatians, there is one. How could this possibly be? Now, again, some of this is maybe Gene's eye-opening. It may not be yours. You may have had this already, this experience. You can absolutely not do one in reality without the other. We cannot truly love people unless we love God. And honestly, we really can't love God unless we're truly loving people. So the two are really, you can't tease them out. Sometimes we do, right, in life. We find it easy to pray. We find it easy to worship. We find it easy to maybe commune with God in our own personal way. But maybe we struggle a bit with the loving people part, right? Yeah, we're going to get to that. Okay, so if we agree that we must love our neighbor. I want you to, for the rest of the sermon, kind of envision something. Think of the scripture we read and the boat, right? And you might think of a boat as a representation of two things, a person in the boat and all of that person's life circumstances that come with it, right? So when Jesus jumped in our boats, whether that was at salvation or whether 
when we called on him because we were going through something, we needed his strength, we needed his love, we needed his vision, his guidance for us. He jumped into our entire boat with everything we got, right, in that boat. The entire mess. Think of some of the boats, you know, again, we're here on Cape Cod, right? There are some beautiful boats here. No question. You go down to Hyannis Harbor and you look, I mean, there are some beautiful pristine-looking boats. When I was a kid growing up, my grandparents had a place. And um, thanks, Pastor Sean. Ah, gracias. Um, so my grandfather had a place, and we went there, my brother and I, every summer for a couple of weeks. And he had a boat. Now, I'll just tell you this quick story about the boat. It was really a piece of junk. Okay. Now... We didn't care. We didn't even realize it was a piece of junk. It had an outboard motor. You steered the boat with the motor, right? You truly did. You, there was no steering wheel. No, by the way, my brother and I, every year, we would be asking my grandfather, so you're going to put that steering wheel on this year? Like, we could go faster if it had a steering wheel because we're getting tired of this behind, you know, the back thing with this three-horsepower Johnson motor. We asked him that question, I tell you, until we were early teenagers. You're going to put that steering Finally, he said, hey, guys, <laughs> you can't put a steering wheel on this boat. It's not that you don't understand. We got it. We finally got it. But my point is that boat was a mess. There were old fish and dirty water and crabs that we caught and forgot and left there and bait and, I mean, imagine everything, right? And from one season to the next. Think of a boat of your life as a person and all that stuff, right? We all have stuff, don't we? And it doesn't smell so good sometimes. Okay, just keep that in mind. So as we talk about members, the the question is, if we're going to love our neighbor, right? I know for me, I'm like, well, what is a neighbor? Who's a neighbor? Like, I want to just go back and see if we, see if I can, yeah. So anyway, so I checked out Strong's concordance on what's a neighbor biblically. And I'll save you all the verbiage here, but it's essentially this. Anybody? Everybody? Right? It's anybody and everybody. And just to illustrate, <laughs> if you're looking for someone to love, right? It's everybody. So let's settle that. However, I think the next logical question is, but what about like my neighbors? So I can't jump in everybody's boat what about my neighbors? How do I figure this thing out? So this is sort of obvious, but just this wasn't as much to me, so I'm preaching as much to me as anybody here. It, it really could be anybody in sort of your sphere of influence or your local community, but co-workers, could be family members, could be church members, could be someone in the community, someone you go to school with. Believers, non-believers, and on and on and on and on. Right? It could be just about anybody. And they're different for everybody. Like our personal get-in-the-boat neighbors are going to be different. 
if we talk to each other about it. So how do we know whose boat am I supposed to get into, right? I mean, I can't do this. I'll tell you a quick story, real, just a quick story. So I do consulting and coaching for my job. And I had a client who was actually Harvard University. And Nancy knows this story, and some of you I may have told this story too, but I always pray before I do something new and different. I'm like, Lord, what do you want? What is it from me that you want? Who am I supposed to connect with? And so on and so forth. And so I was taking the train into Harvard University, first day. And I got off the train, I came up, and I was like shocked, because I don't know if you know the area of Cambridge where Harvard University is located, but there's a lot of homeless there, okay? So here you are in a very wealthy area, very wealthy, right? And there's a lot of homeless, and they're on the street, and, you know, I'm like kind of overwhelmed, didn't expect it. And I remember thinking to myself this. I remember almost audibly saying on the train, or as I was coming off the train, Lord, look at all these people. I couldn't possibly minister to all these people. And I truly felt in my spirit God say something almost immediately back. I never called you to touch everybody, but you could probably find one person. Right? And that really settled me. Like, yeah, I can find one person. Lord, you lead me, you guide me, but there's got to be one. And I won't, I'll spare you some of the details. I share them offline with you. But sure enough, there was one homeless person there that I connected with. And it was cool because I would be w walking on my way into the client and he'd be on the other side and he like would wave at me. Now he was sometimes cogent, other times sort of not, maybe had too much to drink or whatever. But it was so interesting, the connection that we began to make and I would share the love of Christ with him in the best way I could, right? So again, the multitude are fantastic, but who is the one? the three that we're each called to. So let me see if I can uh, move us back where we're supposed to be. So how do we figure this thing out? So if you're struggling a little bit, like who are my neighbors? Whose boat should I be trying to? This is sort of keys to understanding and trying to help figure this out. Here's the first one, right? And this is going to be somewhat like a dumb moment in some ways, but who has God placed in your path that you uniquely equipped to help, right? So each of us have different people that God brings to us in different times of our lives, right? And so let me pause and just tell you this story quickly about when we first moved to Cape Cod, Nancy and I, my wife Nancy and I, my son Joshua. So that was about <clears throat> seven-ish years ago now that we moved almost, six and a half. And... Um, we both knew, first of all, this move was never on our radar, ever, until my son Joshua, who goes to a special needs school, needed to find a new sort of adult program. We found one down here, and we made a move, right? So that was cool. And so Nancy and I would talk and be like, I feel like God has got something different in store for us. I'm not, I have no real idea what it is, but I have this sense. <clears throat> so anyway, we moved into our beautiful new home, Quisted Road in Centerville, and um, we're there the first day, literally the first day, 
And this gentleman comes walking across the yard. I'll call him Kent. Okay? And so gentleman, older gentleman, is walking across the yard, comes over to me. Nancy's with me too. He says, are you um, Mr. Sorbo? I said, yes. He said, you just bought the house. Yes. He said, here's a bill for $250 for the homeowners association. The prior owner didn't pay. <laughs> now, had I not been, honestly, trying to be sensitive to, I knew God had brought us here for a reason. Had I responded in my flesh, I would have been quite upset, honestly. And I have done that before, so don't get me wrong. This isn't pristine gene that does everything great and right. I have responded poorly before, so there was potential here, okay? But because I was looking for this God opportunity, and this thing happened, and, you know, I meet Kent. Long story short, two things. We got to know Kent a bit. Within a couple of days, he's bearing his soul in our living room, telling us things about himself, his life, his past, things that haven't worked out, things that he hoped and wished for, things that did. Like, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. And we continue to have a relationship to this day, which is cool. He's a neighbor. A neighbor, okay? Second thing, so we moved in, I think it was end of January, end of January, come that summer, we get invited to our first association meeting. I don't know if anybody here lives in an association, but you have these annual meetings, and, you know, people vote, and there are bylaws and different things that, that you come together and talk about. And so we went, and I said, I remember saying to Nancy on the way, I said something like, I, don't, I just feel like there's something maybe they're going to ask something or whatever today. And so we went, and Kent, I didn't know this at the time, Kent was stepping down as president of the association. And there was nobody, literally nobody, that was going to step up. So Kent went on to explain that, you know, if we don't have a president of the association, then the association folds, and legally I don't know what that means, and it puts us all at risk, and so on and so forth. And I remember looking at Nancy and I said, I know this is, this is like, we've only lived here six months, right? But I said, I think I'm going to raise my hand. And so being the wonderfully supportive, tuned-in wife that she is, honestly, <laughs> she's like, yeah. And it's been a great experience. So part of what I want to tell you today is, as we begin to explore jumping into somebody else's boat because we think it's going to benefit them, it comes right back to us. I have been so blessed by that relationship and others, and I'm sure you might be able to say the same. So what are your unique gifts and talents that you can bring to somebody who needs them? We went through the strengths training, and we've had some emphasis around how God's designed us, and, you know, let's use those things for his glory and for the good of others, right? So how are you uniquely designed, and who needs you and your particular gifts and talents. Okay, so just real quick on this one. <laughs> Be ready to do the thing that in your flesh you really don't want to do, but in the spirit you know you should. Okay? And that applies to a lot of different scenarios in life and in our Christian walk, right? There are things, hey, we're busy, we're tired. Our own needs haven't been met. What about me? 
I don't want to do this. I've done it before. You, the, the excuses are endless, right? But there are those times, some of that may be true. There are times that we have to follow the Spirit's guidance, not the flesh, right? And, and God has reminded us, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. And we walk by faith and not by sight. So I'm just stating the obvious. This is like Gene preaching to Gene, but maybe some of you will benefit as well because there are times we are called to jump in somebody's boat and we're not going to feel like it. But we should do it anyway and be blessed and be a blessing. Okay, so it's very cool how that works. Okay, so when we talk about loving our neighbors, like, how do we do that, right? How do we do this, love our neighbors? Well, it's not that hard. We just, first of all, just like we would love ourselves, we help meet their basic needs if they have them, right? Food, water, clothing, shelter. They're basic needs, but not everybody gets their basic needs met. And there are times in life that all of us might, perhaps, need to have some help, right? Or maybe not. Maybe you've always been able to help. Well, praise God. Are you, right? Because there's, we live in a community here where there are those needs, right? I mean, as, as much as Cape Cod is also one of those places where there's lots of wealth, there's a lot of need. And we here at Faith do some cool things with the kitchen and you know, um, we have Kitty College, which is an awesome ministry to the community and some of the lower income. But the fact of the matter is, if we're going to love our neighbors like we love ourselves, we should be sensitive to meeting, helping them meet their basic needs. Okay? Okay, well, what, what more? Jump in their boat and just be a part of their lives. Now, word of caution. That looks a little different for everybody on the boat side of things, right? Some people want you to jump in and do whatever you want, and yeah, I need help, and please come, and others are a little bit like more reserved, right? Like, just put your foot in the boat for now. We'll get to know each other a little bit. I invite you in more as we build a relationship, and we'll sort of take it from there. You have to be sort of prayed up and listening really well to the person whose boat you've decided to jump into to figure out what do they need. Simple stuff in some ways. Ask. Just ask. Hey, God put you on my heart. I really feel like I want to be helpful to you in some way. What can I do? Initially, you might get nothing. I'm fine. Right? Because that's hard. It's hard to, um, we all have been in the boat ourselves, right? It's hard to come to that place of humility where you realize you really need somebody else's help and you're going to take it, right? That's not easy. So, to that, jump in their boat and be part of their lives, but sort of as they lead. I'm going to go through some of this. And we can only give what's been given to us, Right? And so one of the greatest 
examples of this was when Peter was, uh, apostles were, were walking and they encountered the cripple. Uh, sorry, I'm sorry, the beggar. I skipped part of the scripture. And basically, the beggar wanted some money from them and they said, then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. You, we all have things, gifts and talents. Some of us have more resources, right? Some of us have access to services and people that can be a help, right? We all have something to give. Don't worry so much about what you don't have. Because God will bring others to meet those needs based on what they have, right? Just give what you have. Give what you've been given. And then, what we were talking about before, be willing to be a bit inconvenienced. It's called a sacrifice, right? And that sacrifice could be our money, our time, right? Lots of different things. But Jesus, and we sang about this morning, is our ultimate example. He gave his life for us so that we could live. And so, what are we to do with that, right? We are to sacrifice. We're to give our lives to others so that they can live as well. I want to just talk about it. We're, we're getting ready to close. I, this is a simple message, really, for us today. But I hope I'm not oversimplifying it. You're sort of getting the richness of this in terms of loving our neighbors as ourselves. A couple of other examples from my life. Some of you may have heard a couple of these before, but in terms of my own salvation story, I think many of you may have heard this, but I was a kid, grew up in a family where my mother passed away when I was very young. My father remarried. We had a very uh, difficult upbringing with my stepmother, and there were days that I wasn't sure I wanted to be in this world anymore, honestly. And it was hard. It was hard, right? Well, I didn't realize it, but one night when my parents went out to the restaurant, they used to get babysitters, we got a Christian babysitter to come from the local Bible college. Her name was Frances, beautiful woman, young lady. She's probably only 20. We were probably 11 or 12, my brother and I, maybe younger, 9, 10, I don't recall. But anyway, long story short, first, she got to know us. She jumped into the boat with us. She heard. She started to ask some questions. How are you doing? You know, do you know Christ? She shared Bibles with us. My, I wish I had the Bible. I still look for it. I can remember what it looked like. It had that big elephant on the front, like Noah's Ark. You may have seen the vintage sort of thing. But um, anyway, the fact of the matter is, she loved us as she would love ourselves. She recognized that, hey, this is a really tough situation. And then just like each and every one of us, she had a decision to make. She could have just kept her mouth shut. She could have just prayed and done nothing. She could have, she could have right? It would have been okay. But she decided to get involved. She decided to engage us. She decided to make a difference, right? She didn't know what the outcome would be, but she shared Christ. She opened dialogue that we weren't able to have about certain things that were happening in our life. And that, those are the seeds that helped me become born again, 
a little later. But so that was somebody that stepped into my boat big time, and I'm so grateful. She passed away young. She died of breast cancer. I never had. I could never tell her. I could never thank her. One day, when we see each other again, I will. One other quick story, and then we're going to wrap this this morning. When I was, let's see now, 15, we moved. We had grown up in Pennsylvania, northeast Pennsylvania, my family. And we, my father got a promotion. We relocated to Fitchburg, Massachusetts. Anybody know Fitchburg, Massachusetts? Okay, cool. Um, now, that was not popular with my brother or me because we were teenagers. Like, we had friends. We had lives now. We're sort of hitting our grooves as adolescents. And my father says, hey, I got promoted. We're moving. Nah. We didn't want to go, and we came. Besides the fact that I met my most wonderful jump-in-the-boater, who stayed in the boat with me now for going on 38 years this year, praise God. Um, so thank you, and happy early Valentine's to my key Valentine. Um, but besides that, something really interesting happened that I want to share about boats and jumping in and decisions. So when I was younger, I got bullied like crazy. Maybe some of you have been through this. <clears throat> school was not fun. I would show up at school. My mother would dress me like some weird 50s character with boat shoes. and Ah, I can't even go there. But anyway, it was not endearing to the social crowd of the day, shall we say. And I used to get beat up all the time. And then I learned how to deal with that. And there came a time, as I got to be 14 and 15, that I wasn't getting beat up anymore. Very grateful that I wasn't getting beat up anymore. And then we moved. Okay. Day one of school at Fitchburg High School. I'm sitting in science class. First of all, I don't know anybody. Nobody. And I'm scared, right? I sit down, and... In comes this, this kid, but he's waited like for everybody to get seated. Like he did this on purpose. He waited, wanted to see who's coming in and where they're going to sit. And I have, an open, I have an open seat. He sits right down next to me. Okay? Now, what then happened was out of the back of the room come these very big high school kids that I didn't know. They grab him, I'm going to call him Alex, okay? Not his real name. They grab Alex, they take him to the blackboard, and they start banging his head into the blackboard. I kid you not. And I'm thinking to myself, all honesty, first thing I thought was, what have I gotten myself into? I just left this situation. I'm right back into uh, something that's ten times worse. They're pounding his head into the wall. He comes back. He sits down because the teacher finally entered the room. And I looked at him and I said, hello? You know, he says, huh? I said, well, why did they do that to you? He says, they do that to me all the time. I said, what? They do that to me all the time and worse. When they see me in the hall, they pass by me and they punch me right in the face. 
you listen, I'm not going to go too much further here, but it was bullying in its extreme form. And I'm sure there's still elements of it today. Maybe some of it's gotten better. But, you know, kids are kids and people are people. And So anyway, I'm going to fast forward here. This began our relationship, Alex and me. Okay? And I will only say that it's been now, as long as I've known Nancy, which is going on, 44 years, I've known Alex. Come to find out, Alex, his father abandoned him when he was a kid. Kidnapped him first, by the way, then abandoned him. His mother was different. He and his mother lived together, and they had no other family at all. But Alex and I connected. We went to college together. He dropped out. He couldn't afford it. We stayed connected, stayed connected, stayed connected. Even to this day, we still stay connected. Text message and phone and things, right? What I want to tell you is this about that relationship. It has been such a blessing to me. Because there was a time, I will just say very, very honestly, I'm like, I don't know if I want to hang around this guy. He's weird. People hate him. Because they hate him, they hate me too. And I didn't do anything. Right? So there was this, I don't really want to be part of this boat thing with him. But I decided, because I knew what it felt like, that I would do it. So time goes on, and I'm winding this down now. I appreciate you listening to this. This week, this very week, we were going to get together for dinner, he and I. Now, he still lives in that area, so I was going to have to go up there and make a trip, and I had the sermon, and I'm like, oh, it's the worst time, and right? Inconvenience in my flesh, didn't want to do it, realizing the spirit I probably should, so I did go. I get a phone call the day before, a text message, hey, will you call me? Because I had confirmed with him, right? I don't want to take four hours out of my busy schedule to go visit him if he can't do it. So I confirmed with him, yeah, we're all set. He calls me the day of or texted me, can you call me? I said, sure. Called him. He goes, hey, listen, Gene. He goes, I just want to tell you one thing that you need to know. And I said, what's that? He said, we haven't seen each other for probably a year and a half. I said, yeah. He said, I lost three of my teeth. They're gone. And I can't afford to get new ones. But he said, I just want you to know so that You'll be prepared for when you see me. I will just tell you, you realize sometimes, way beyond you, way beyond you, what God is doing when he connects neighbors to neighbors. When we jump in someone's boat and they jump in ours, you realize how deep and how wide those relationships can be, how much love is there, right? And by the way, I will now help Alex for sure that I know he has a basic need, right? So here's the question as we wind down, and thank you for bearing with uh, this message today. But the question becomes this. For each of us, right? And it varies over the course of our lives. What neighbor is God calling you to to jump into their boat? 
Last week, at the end of the sermon of Love Your Enemies, I think Pastor Steve passed around some paper. We, we weren't here in the sanctuary, but talk about that enemy that you could love on, right? Just think about, in some of the time we have left today, maybe somebody that's come into your life recently, or maybe they've been there for a while, or like, whose boat do you think you need to jump into that maybe you've been a little hesitant to, to do? So that's one exhortation to us all, okay? The second one that I want to just make a comment on, and then we're going to close. I'm going to turn it back over to Pastor Sean. It says, here's the other thing. The reality of life is you may still feel in some ways that you're in the boat by yourself. I want you to know this, please. First of all, God loves you and he cares for you. He does. Sometimes as Christians, we haven't lived up to our responsibilities and we haven't fulfilled what he's asked us to do, and I'm sorry. I know I've been guilty of that. But know that God sees you. He cares. And I'm hoping that as we move into this next season of our life here at Faith Assembly as a community of believers we're going to begin to really demonstrate this love for our neighbors as ourselves. So if you're in the boat alone, hang on, hang on. Help is coming, okay? Help is coming. So with that, I'm, I'm going to close, and I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Sean to, to wrap. Thank you very much. God bless you, and thanks for the privilege of preaching today. Man, Gene, thank you so much, uh, I think, for such a timely word and just where we're at. I mean, how many of us desperately needed someone to jump in a boat with us? Mm. I mean, I, I can think of so many people who I stand on their shoulders because they were willing, because of who they were and how God called them, and it had nothing to do with me. Um, so to be able to do that is such a wonderful il illustration of what Jesus continues to do with us. Amen? Yes. Amen. Amen. Um, let me pray for us, and then there's one more thing that you could just uh, stick around for a moment. Uh, dearly Father, we thank you so much for today. We thank you so much for the, the word that you impressed on Gene's heart and the life experiences that you've given him that just have equipped him to um, jump in boats thank with you. others, to love the way you have loved him and how yes, you have loved Lord. us, and, and would that continue to, to multiply here with us today? Yes, God for those that we are reluctant to, to jump in a boat with because of who they are and how their personality is and how they've been made and how it rubs us the wrong way, would we take on the mind of, of Christ yes, in these situations Lord. with people? And would we be a church that, in fact, is willing to jump in boats with others, not because they look like us, but because they're in your image? We thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Man, that's so good. So there's, uh, there's something uh, different in our church family that's, that's happening, uh, and we don't experience this too often. Uh, but before I get into it, I'd like to ask Adam and Melissa to, to join me on stage. We are, as a family, if you've been here for any extended length of time, uh, you've probably seen this guy. I still don't know his name, but he's been here a lot. Uh, seen Adam, and, and Adam is just a phenomenal member of our family. Um, and uh, we'd like to, 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 to pray for him. Before that, he, he'd like to just share something real quick. Public speaking. Yay! Okay. 
It's great. Um, hello, family, because that's what you guys are to me. So let's just get that out right away. Um, I've I've moved around a lot in my life, you know, being a military brat and everything, and going, leaving one place is like, has become like whatever. It's like not a big deal, you know, just go there, stay there for a while, and leave, and stuff like that. So I'm just gonna say this quickly before I cry about it. Um, this is by far the hardest place I've ever had to leave. By far. Um, everybody here has had an effect on my life, whether you realize it or not. If you've spoken to me, if you've spoken any kind of word into me, if you wisdom, if you've ever prayed for me, which I know you have, you've done something in my life. You've changed me for the better, and I realize that, and I thank you for that. Yeah, um, I want to say especially the men in this church are like men that I've not ever met anywhere else, and I appreciate your, your brotherhood with me the men I've known for years, the men I've met more recently, um, even those of you who don't like me very much at all, whatsoever, and you're just like always making fun of me and everything else. <clears throat> yeah, I love you too. <laughs> so um, I've appreciated working here. The people I've worked with are it's like the greatest working opportunity I've ever had. Uh, the most fun I've ever had at a job, um, the most love I've ever felt at a job. I just want to thank you so much for all of that. And I want to let you know, um, I met this lovely woman 32 years ago, just in case you were wondering. Didn't just meet her last year and decide, I want to marry her. No. I met her 32 years ago, and throughout the time that we've had We've, you know, had our little ups and downs and everything, and we both accepted Jesus at the age of 19, and we've had rocky lives throughout that time period, and we've had many discussions and prayed, prayed many times together about our lives and where we wanted to go and decided to make Jesus our foundation for everything that we do. Um, so we're going to get married tomorrow on Valentine's Day. However, and I know you, you guys can't be there, but I do want to invite you into something with us because there's something I haven't done yet. So, Melissa Elizabeth Shields. So this is real, in case anyone's still trying to fill in some holes. Um, we are losing a very dear brother, and uh, he is gaining a wife and a family and a future and a new chapter. And we are incredibly excited and privileged to be able to be part of that testimony as you move forward. So we are very happy for you. And I'd like to invite the leaders of our church uh, to come on up. Uh, we'd like to send you off in f fully clothed in prayer. Um, for this next stage of life. Um, yeah. They're moving today and getting married tomorrow, which is just phenomenal. Um, Adam's been here longer than I have, and uh, a couple of us got together the other night, and something that was just common around 
all of our thoughts regarding Adam was his faithfulness and integrity. And unfortunately, those are things that should be uh, synonymous with the Christian. Not always the case. And to see it exemplified day in and day out, early in the morning, late at night, over vacations, when other people are sick, uh, Adam is just full of faithfulness and integrity that I hope most of us, the rest of us, could exemplify even a little bit. And God has fully blessed you with that testimony and in turn has blessed us. So I'd like to pray, and if, and if any of you guys would like to pray, I'd like to hand it over. Um, if you, if you um, believe in the power of the Spirit, to lay on hands. If you'd like to put out a, a raised hand to Adam and Melissa as we send them off, please do. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you so much for uh, the testimony in Adam's life that has led him here. We are fully confident that it wasn't by accident that he wound up on Cape Cod, but that you have orchestrated his steps and continue to do so. Lord, we thank you for the time that has been spent here, the time that you have uh, blessed us with in working with him and praying with him and and having fun with him and and sitting in the same room and and worship and, and sitting under your word together with Adam, and that he is taking all of that into the next step of his life to pour into Melissa. Lord, we thank you that you have uh, brought them together before the foundations of the world, that you have called them to be together now, and you have chosen this time and this moment for a reason. We ask that it would be full of uh, blessing and hope and joy and conviction to love one another as you have loved them. Lord, that as they become one, that they would understand you more clearly and more definitely and more wholly. And as they now live this life together, Lord, uh, that every step that they take, they look behind and they just see you. Lord, would you continue to lead them? We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen, Amen, church. Please join me as we celebrate Adam and Melissa. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, team and church, and and we hope you have a blessed Super Bowl Sunday and that you go in the joy of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen.